This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Sourcing Journal Radio, a regular check-in with apparel industry insiders and thought leaders, which spotlights a variety of topics currently driving change in the market. This podcast series is made possible by Cotton Incorporated, a not-for-profit company funded by U.S. cotton producers and importers, and whose mission is to increase the demand and profitability of cotton. Discover what cotton can do. Welcome to Rivet 50 Radio. I'm Edward Hertzman, the president and founder of Sourcing Journal and Rivet. Today, we're speaking with Han Atesh, founder of London denim brand Black Horse Lane Altier. Han, welcome and thank you for joining. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you for hosting me here. Of course. So my, my first question is, uh, obviously, we, we can't have a conversation today without, without talking about the pandemic. Um, the pandemic has heightened the need for connection. What's your strategy for better connecting with customers, designers, and other members of the denim community throughout this time? Well, it's an interesting question. Uh, the reason it's interesting for me, Eddie, I remember olden days, because it's nearly a year now, uh, the pandemic started, and we were a bit more careless. We were, uh, I mean, for myself, I was regularly flying and going around without really thinking twice. Throughout the pandemic, I realized that I am more self-connected, interconnected, and with that, uh, my locality became more important. And with that, of course, I started to know my neighbors. And that on its own, just slowing down, created a connectivity in a very different level. So slowing down also very much um, in line with our philosophy, where we call ourselves, we are a slow fashion. I think people are a bit more mindful of their habits, how they buy things, why they buy it. And also lately, we are seeing huge amount of emails uh, from our customers and our neighbors wanting to repair their old items and they want to learn new skills as well. So by having uh, those kind of collaborations with craft people where they can mend, they can repair items, we put those people in touch together. But also through that, thanks to social media, uh, we are telling stories. Storytelling is so important as well. In that. So, so you kind of started answering my next question, but I wanted to see if you saw or are seeing a change in how consumers are shopping, uh, you know, not only with your brand, but just across the industry in, in general. Absolutely. In London here, the community I live in 
they are really they want to support local businesses they see how much restaurants are suffering how much local boutiques are suffering and they go an extra mile to support those people so sense of uh, sense of um, sport sense of uh, community is getting stronger here so can you tell us a little bit about the wash lab you're building in london and how this plan has has came to be it's it's uh it's rare today that you hear people building you know factories so close to home and and why you feel that's a good business decision yeah i think uh, when we look when we were setting up black horse lane ateliers we wanted to rekindle know-how in london because 30 years ago we had huge amount of factories in london and within uh, 30 years that disappeared of course with that know-how disappeared as well so our idea was to start a small workshop which is that's the reason we call atelier in french it means workshop we have about 14 people working when we first started we decided to do rigid denim raw denim because that's the most sustainable uh, way of producing and but within 2 3 4 years of that we realized actually uh, there is a state of art machinery around where you could do actually sustainable washing but problem with, with that was for us um, most washing facilities are in europe they are they are in italy turkey portugal or some in spain and every wash house has their own aesthetic we realized actually we don't like italian washing we don't like turkish washing we don't like spanish washing because they have their own handwriting uh, their own culture and they were putting their, their own culture onto the washing and in london we didn't have that so idea is for us to set up sustainable washing here and throughout that little bit playing experimenting and understanding and learning and through through that process i am hoping that our know-how is going to improve with that we also going to have our own aesthetic and that is going to be truly london aesthetic you know han it's probably a crazy way to learn about the the history of london london manufacturing but i i'm, I'm watching this crazy documentary on netflix called the ripper and it actually showed you how robust uh at one period in time to your point the the local manufacturing uh for the for the textile and garment industry was in london so i i admire you trying to to bring it back um i think that's especially now you know there there's obviously a a a a locality people want to buy you know made in but there's also the need to reduce speed times free up you know working capital replenish you know replenish goods quickly get things to market quickly. So there's 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 good business in this as well. You know, the thought of always trying to go overseas and 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 chase the cheapest needle, you know, are you seeing that being part of your decision as well? Um I mean when we first started it wasn't a decision. Truly it was uh, coming back to my roots because I learned my skills in London as a tailor. And when I first started as an 18 19 year old boy we had over 4 to 4 and 1/2000 factories in north and east london and when that disappeared of course as a now i am at i am 50 years old 51 years old you start questioning your own identity because you come i come from a, a certain uh, heritage 
professional heritage and when that disappears in front of your eyes you question your own identity and i really wanted to bring that skill set back that was the starting point for us but of course with the pandemic now the forefront is something else because supply chain is broken now because italy factories are closed turkey factories are closed and also it's a bit more expensive people don't travel anymore as well so it's a combination of two really you you mentioned before with this lab that you want to establish this quote-unquote london aesthetic what is a london aesthetic like what well, can you describe what that will look like for me when i look at italian denim brands there is so much heavy washing uh lots of whiskering lots of heavy washes lots of chemicals used as well but then when you look at uh scandinavian or or uk brands their washing is always lighter softer and also there is a much uh whiskers it's much plainer so i call that a bit nordic simplicity where you go to south of europe there is so much wash so much happening so much so of course as a washhouse when you send your garments from uk to italy to wash they always miss what you want how you want things so we are what i'm looking or searching for that nordic simplicity nordic aesthetic really and by having the washing facility in house by playing and learning i am hoping that we're going to find our own identity our own handwriting that's london aesthetic well, i think that sounds great so let's uh, i have another question black horse lane operates under the quote think globally act locally concept and it's heavily invested in its surrounding community for those that are not already aware can you share how the brand supports its community because it's pretty unique Eddie, I'm going to give you one example. Uh, we just finished a project uh, where we twelve uh, young people who suffered from uh, knife crime. Either their boyfriends or their brothers are in prison or died from knife crime. So what we we did, we created uh, with the local police. Uh, we went to. voluntary organizations and we got some amnesty knives and we turned them into buttons and we made 150 jeans with the help of this eight young people who designed the logos who designed um uh the writing in the pockets uh, composition labels if you like uh, they designed it and we produced 150 jeans and of course uh, university arts london involved local authority was involved and and with that our idea is to sell those 150 jeans with the metal buttons uh, came from knives and with the income of that we want to create a charity where we on a continuous basis we want to support local youth organizations it could be drama school it could be it could be chess school it could be football clubs so that's being involved being active in the locality on a very positive because fashion is a bad connotation 
fashion destroys communities, fashion destroys environment. But being active that way and connecting with your local community, you take, I mean, knife crime is very big here and it has a very negative um, story. And very often we hear negativity. So what we are doing, we are taking negative uh, story and turning it, turning, it, turning it into positive behavior. So that's being, uh, of course, think globally, act locally. Without creating your local story, you cannot capture people's imagination. And that's, the, that's what it means, really. That's what we do here. So to, to pivot a little bit, and, I, and I, you mentioned this earlier in our conversation, you know, you're, you're a big champion of repairing old denim, and you've even held classes to teach people how to mend their own jeans. What do you think holds people back from fixing what they already own? Okay, I think that we are a guilty part in that because as, as fashion, we are encouraging people to buy new all the time. So that mindset has to change from within for us. And companies like us or, or Nudie Denim, when they do free repair, you immediately open people's imagination. So that's, uh, that's one of the reasons people don't intend to repair because they can buy it cheaper and they can buy it uh, easily available. But what they are missing, for example, when we say we repair your garments, we say we, we, we do give opportunity for, for an end user to build memories with their garments. You know, when you use something long enough and with different events, you build memories and it becomes you, you emotionally connect with your garments. The moment you emotionally connect with your trousers, then you don't throw it away. So I think by repeatedly telling the same story, same sentences to, to a customer, finally they get it. Does that make sense, Eddie? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's probably also a generational thing. I think that, you know, as, as you look to, you know, maybe the, the millennial consumer who is really after this, you know, consumption, consumption, consumption. And now as you look to Gen Z, they're a little bit more uh, thinking about their values. They're thinking about the earth. They're thinking about, you know, the quality of the garment, where it's made. You may see them less likely um, just to dispose of everything and think about the quality and, and, and how can they retain, I mean, circularity is a big topic among that, that, that community as well. So I think it's, we're, we're going to see a, a changing shift in shopping patterns as it pertains to different demographics. Um, I don't know if you feel. Absolutely. I agree with you because in London, uh, I don't know if you heard the story, Debenhams closed down 250 years old, amazing department store, they closed on, they disappeared, they vanished. And, and, and of course, with that, the high street will change. Uh, we, we, after the pandemic, we are not going to recognize the up, uh, high streets anymore. But also that means it's so much opportunities for smaller companies, in my opinion, because in, in our uh, store in central London, we have sewing machines where before the pandemic, we used to teach people how to make jeans. So I think that those kind of more experimental shops, more uh, uh, specialist shops will become very popular. 
on the topic of sustainability, how has the subject changed over time, and what do you think it means in today's climate? Okay, uh, that's a that's a question I really love because when I look at sustainability, Eddie, I don't look at only environmental sustainability. I look at social sustainability. That means the community that we live in, but also personal sustainability. I think most important one is the personal sustainability. Social sustainability comes second, and the third. So we cannot separate those three from each other anymore. I think we really have to look at uh, sustainability on a much deeper level. Have I, answer, have I answered your question? I don't know. Yeah, I just, I just want to follow up on that. Do you feel that with everything going on in the world, brands will continue to commit to their sustainable uh, pledges? You know, we obviously see a lot of ambitious 2025 uh, you know, uh, sustainability, you know, um, commitments out there. Do you think that the pandemic will force people to retreat a little bit to make other priorities? Or do you think sustainability is something that's going to continue to be uh, top of the list moving forward? Absolutely. It will be top of the list uh, forever. I think next, next 20, 30 years, because uh, we need to reverse this now, but also what's interesting with the pandemic, uh, people are more questioning their old habits and they are aiming to shop more sustainably, quality-wise. They want to shop locally. They want to buy better quality garments. And with that demand uh, going up, of course, the companies uh, will respond to that. So consumer habits will dictate so I have I have one last question. I, I know you and I could probably sit here all day and talk, and I and I hope you'll come back again and, and join us. But you know, my last question is: you, uh, for all considered, what's going on in the world, you accomplished quite a bit in, in 2020, and, and hats off to you um, on that. What will be your main focus in 2021? Well, Adi, we are all working on a, another project where we have some offcuts and we are turning those offcuts into furniture and we are becoming a zero waste company and what that means also we are working with a local uh, product designer slash furniture designer uh, where we create our own collaboration and and becoming a zero waste company so that's 2021 even though business slowed down a little bit, but we we are doing more projects in order to create more energy. I want to thank you again for, for joining me and taking the time to speak with us. A big congratulations on being a Ribbon 50 member. The industry definitely acknowledges and appreciates everything you do. So please keep up the good work and uh, hope to speak to you again very soon. Stay healthy, stay safe. Eddie, thank you. It was my pleasure. You too. All right. Bye-bye. To hear more conversations like this, visit sourceandjournal.com and click podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.